I'm Chrisline. And I'm Matt Abetti. And this is We're Just, just here, here to Help. How you doing today, Matt? Not great. No? I just I I feel like I've complained about a version of this a while ago. Mm-hmm. But politics is my favorite thing. Yeah. One of my favorite things. Sure. And still I have a habit of, you know, reading a good like hours worth, a couple hours worth of news every day. Collecting opinions, thinking about it, writing about it. It's fun Mm -hmm. to me. But since Trump entered politics uh, and was a serious contender, it stopped being fun because it was no longer like nuance or interesting or there wasn't anything different happening. And every once in a while, I got like a little bone thrown at me. Like I got some interesting thing happened. But really, like the last two and a half years have been like, it, 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 it's like someone took my, the thing that I hate the most, reality TV, <laughs> and like shoved it into my favorite thing, which is like politics. And politics, politics to me, right, is like as close to reality TV as like an Esquire magazine, as close to like gossip and bullshit that I get. So it's precious to me, right? And the shutdown has been like the absolute worst because next to nothing has really been going on. We have like William Burr or whatever. Barr. Barr, who's getting confirmed. And confirmations are like never really as fascinating as you think they're going to be. The Kavanaugh thing was like pretty good. Ugh, that which will not be named. Yeah. I mean, pretty good in the sense that it was like there's some interesting, there's some stuff to it, you know. There's some intrigue behind it, but nomination I mean, processes. I was fucking rapist putting put on the highest court in the land. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. wouldn't even say it was, it was just a, it was a fucking horror show. It was horrible. It was horrible. It was it was watching it was watching a grown man child who was very credibly accused of rape, doing the worst political job. I, again, right? Like one of the wonders and most amazing things about politics is watching someone in a nuanced, controlled, precise, empathetic way deliver a message. Like, that's the cool... One of my favorite moments, what, there is this town hall debate, and some someone asks uh, Bill Clinton, you know, like, what are you going to do about healthcare and very sick and blah, blah, blah. Bill Clinton steps out, gets as close to that audience member as he possibly can without being uncomfortably close... And just like goes like, I hear you, I feel your pain. And these are some of the things that I think would be really great and important for someone like you because it would give you this opportunity, it'd give you this chance. And, you know, like what you're experiencing shouldn't happen. And that to me, like as a little kid, I was like, that kicks so much ass. And then to watch like Brett Kavanaugh, who can't even fucking like sits down and sniffles and cries and blames everyone like a goddamn 14 year old who's like, everyone's terrible but me. Um, and still watch him get confirmed is like, there's no art to that, you know? No, I mean, like, so basically there's a lot of I am almost putting credence in this theory that like. We've slipped into an alternate dimension. Yeah, or in an Elon Musk style simulation. I don't know what that is, but Elon Musk believes that we live in a most likely live in a simulation and not 
uh, we don't live in like a true reality. Yeah. Well, reality is like very subjective. I think he keeps turning all of his girlfriends super blonde. Yeah, um, is that weird? Anyway, but it's like Grimes. this week we're talking about <laughs> Donald Trump being nearly confirmed as a Russian agent. Yeah. Some separate dimension shit. Um, then we have our tasting menu of segments. Uh, is the government still shut down? Oh, my God. We've added a new quandary to the Hieronymus Bosch hellscape. Yeah. And then our favorite segment, irresponsible speculation. speculation. We're going to the first to... time we've matched pitch, I think, the whole time. I think so, too. I, soon enough, I'm going to harass you with elections stuff. Yeah, I mean, that could be an irresponsible speculation. I know, I know, but it's going to get... Oh, you're going to be so annoying. It's it's the best. Election season to me is like... Ugh. Gross. Okay. Uh, so the New York uh, Times stopped I'm making that sound. En- I'm still enjoying it's it. disgusting. It's like uh, being in a hot tub. Nope. I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> nope. I'm too fucking hungry. I have some chickpeas cooking in my Instant Pot. I'm going to get this over with so I can eat them. I'm going to eat Masala. Oh, man. I, I'm... Like, I'm on my last fucking nerve, Matt. <laughs> okay, so on Friday, the news dropped from the New York Times. If I don't get my goddamn chickpeas, I'm going to fucking lose it. All right, go ahead. Sorry. I had a hard workout today, Matt. I know. Okay, I had a fucking hard workout. I know. I'm fucking hungry. I had too much birthday cake, and I'm on a lot of sugar. I'm going to come off my sugar high. I'm not going to be happy. Does that keep this from being a hilarious situation? Also, that your craving is like... I want some chickpeas. Well, because I had birthday cake. I know. Okay. On Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Disgraced in journalism right now. Unbelievable. Um, The New York Times dropped an article that announced that we know now. Oh, my God. I can't speak English. The FBI was, was investigating Trump as a Russian agent. Yeah. And my friend texted me this information. I was like, so... Like, I know already, like, right. why does it matter that there's this uh, additional investigation that was happening? Something very obvious, right? Um, and so what it is, and the reason that it's a big deal is that previously the Trump organization was under investigation during the election right? for um, potential conspiracy with the Russian government. But when Trump fired James Comey and um, bragged about it to Lester Holt... <laughs> I was like, holy shit, and started investigating Trump personally as being a Russian agent. Yeah. And and if, you know, I think it's people have leaky memories when it comes to this stuff. So just like off the top of my head, right? Because some people, I think there's a little bit of cognitive dissonance. I think that I run into this a lot. and maybe Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I run into a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, there's some of this corruption thing but it's like no 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 no. there is a lot of evidence in that direction and i think it comes from that people really believe that like the american government is essentially good you know that people can't be that bad like i think people have mistrust for politicians Mm -hmm. but i think the level of mistrust isn't really like all the way there and so i think it's helpful to remind people it's not just like the FBI, like Karina's response is like 100% correct for someone who's super informed about this. It's not just that the FBI decided to, to investigate it. It's that he was behaving like a Russian asset because 
He held a secret meeting with Russians in the White House. He had his campaign chairman share secret polling data uh, with the Russian government. Polling data, which, by the way, is insanely precious and you don't share with anyone because it... Polling data is like gold. Yeah. Like diamond gold. Yeah. It's, yeah. Polling data is the type of stuff that sends Hillary Clinton to Arizona. Okay? Right. Uh, which m- means that hundreds of thousands of dollars have to be put into like what someone does next. Yeah. Which is huge. Sometimes millions. Uh, a foreign policy advisor, George Papadopoulos, uh, George Papadopoulos, Papadopoulos, had uh, a back channel with the Russians. Jared Kushner had a back channel with okay, the Russians. Okay, I just want to put a pin in this. Do you remember when Jared went to the Russian embassy and tried to use their secure communications to communicate with Russia before they were, Trump was even sworn in? That's a real thing. And the Russians were like, what the fuck? No. Yeah. Like, are you crazy? You can't do that. But he felt comfortable enough to do that. He felt comfortable. Oh, my God. The, there's, oh. there's a Trump Tower meeting with Russians with the promise of delivering dirt on a foe. There is a timeline that seems to suggest that Trump's public request for the Russians to help him hack the DNC. Russia, if you can find those emails, I'm sure our press will reward you mightily. Yeah. So that the the FBI was investigating him um, uh, and and considering investigating him before he was president tells you that there was a lot of behaviors that the FBI was already very well aware of. Well, to like parse this, they were investigating the campaign. Right. Then when he fired James Comey, they started investigating the person. Yeah. So, and because we were talking about like moving through to another dimension, we live in a reality where the president of the United States could be a Russian spy. Yeah. Yeah. Russian spy agent. Which is just like, such a hard on for the Russians. Oh like yeah, what a, it's a literal, it's a soft coup. Oh yeah, and by the way, right? Like yet another piece of this is like, and we've t- touched on this, but again, leak, people have leaky memories. So one of the remnants of the Cold War is that American military power hegemony is still pretty anti-Soviet, and partially because the Soviets of or the Russians never really abandoned their anti-American position, uh, even as the Soviet Union collapsed, uh, a la, you know, uh, Putin, who was a KGB uh, guy. I mean, we, we, we talked about this in some of our very earliest episodes, like back in May of oh, yeah. 2018, yeah. Um, where there is the Cold War never ended. Right. I think it's. Part of the point you're trying to make is that we went from the Soviet Union to the mafia back into whatever government they have. The Russian government is an extension of the Russian mafia. And I'm not I'm not hyperbolizing that It's a direct connection. Right. Yeah. And so the same mentality swept through all the same people in power and power again. Right. And there's they have the same goal, which is to destabilize the United States. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, we could go into long history of all this stuff sure. and, like, how the Russians sort of resented the United States. They, they like, shed a ton of blood in World War II, led us to the Cold War, and they never really felt like they were a superpower, some, some capacities. Right. Um, the other thing that we need to talk about is huge foreign policy choices. So the Republicans have always been very strong in the military, and they've been very tough on Russia. And, you know... 
It used to be your Dukakis types, your like left wing liberal, too close to communism, Bernie Sanders types. But now it's a bunch of Republicans who are like, oh, the Russians aren't so bad. So they soften their stance in the Ukraine. Right. Where It's not the Ukraine, by uh, the so, way. Yeah, it keeps doing that. Yeah. yeah. yeah so that's that, Russian propaganda that is infiltrated. It's Russian propaganda in your brain. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's insane. They changed the Republican Party platform at the convention yeah. to not go harshly on Russia for Ukraine. Yeah. The annexation of Crimea is illegal. Yeah. They're going to do Belarus next. That's what I think. They've already started psyops there. And the other component of the, of this is what international organization was specifically created to check Russian military aggression? NATO. And what is one of the things that Trump says? We give them so much, and we don't get anything back, and we work so hard, and 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 uh, they're they're cheating us, and we're getting a bad deal. Options C, Regis, NATO. That's <laughs> my final answer. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. This stuff taken out of context for some Americans who don't see the broader picture, the historical picture, they just go like, oh, yeah, this guy's right. We shouldn't be spending money protecting a bunch of Europeans or whatever. But actually, the alliance between the United States and a lot of those European countries is why we won the Cold War. Because a little fun fact about history, it's going to break your hearts, everyone, especially Americans. Russians pretty much had... The Americans beat left and right in the Cold War. Uh, the Russians had a larger nuclear stockpile. And, you know, when, you, when your dick is already 14 inches long, like, who cares about the next three? Right. But, like, <laughs> but like uh, 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 on, on that front, their, their advances in space exploration, sure, we got a man up there first, but they were... Let's pour one out for Leica. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, uh, it's now a well-documented fact that the Russians had infiltrated the FBI and CIA. Their spy game is miles ahead of ours and their ability to infiltrate our government. Yeah, I mean, look at Maria Butina. You just want to look at Maria Butina. I know. Let's just take a moment. No. We're, we're, <laughs> if we're having a moment of silence for anyone, it's for Laika. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So another thing, and I, I, I was thinking about this right after the election, right? Okay. Right after Trump was sworn in. 19.5% of Rosneft, which is a Russian-owned um, gas company, was sold off after the election. A huge... T tell me more. Tell me more. Okay, so 19.5% so of Rosneft was sold off to an unknown buyer, right? And why would the Russian government sell off that big of a chunk? Soon after of, the election? Of their... Of their um, pri well, not privatized... National, not, not nationally owned. Yeah, when their biggest import, biggest export, biggest money maker is oil. Right, right. And now they know that it was sold to uh, the Qataris, which might be that secret company that's being uh, that went up to the Supreme Court to not have to give up documents. Oh wow! So the the conspiracy theory is and was right after the election, and it was it was so far out. Like it was so fucking wild right after the election, me talking about that, that I was like, oh, maybe not. Like it was kind of like I like conspiracy theories, but I was like, that's a little too crazy. And now I seriously think that nineteen point five percent of Rosneft was sold off to be given to Qatar and to have that money laundered into the Trump family. Oh wow! Or to similar interests. I have no idea. 
But like, I'm just telling you, man. I mean, there are, there are enough. It's like a weird coincidence, right? They've never sold off that much of that company. Why would they do it right then? What's that timing about? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, my only my only thing now is there are so many direct connections that are painfully obvious. Right. And that's what we know. We haven't even seen the report yet. No, we haven't. This is, and Mullah, he's such a tight ship. Like, this is like crumbs. Yeah. Can you imagine what a psychological shock this will be to the nation when all this shit comes out? Or, like, I'm considered they're going to bury it. It's like, the country's not ready. It'll tear us apart. I I hope not. I mean, one of the things that I've, I've um, come back to a whole lot is that so far we've shown that the United States has a pretty good immune system. It's not like, I know that if you're on the left, it's not fast enough. But as much as we can also with a half a party full of traitors being the Republicans. Oh, yeah. Who have 100% been receiving Russian money. Yeah. I mean, their, their behavior, there's, there's, a, there's a piece in The Hill, I think, that essentially, you know, posits that like Lindsey Graham's very strange behavior can only really be, you know, explained by NRA. I mean, look, we don't have to speculate because there's documented proof that there's Russian money being funneled into the NRA and there's someone going to prison for it or, 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 not. or not because she's cooperating because she has enough that cooperating makes her a valuable asset. Um, and, you know, we know in the United States money buys opinions right now because of Citizens United, again, yet another beautiful conservative brainchild. Right. Um, so, you know, we, we, if you want to sit down and just do some fun reading, crack open your favorite issue of foreign affairs, really get into international relations in your free time. Try to find a reason why the United States should back down in Ukraine or the United States should back down out of NATO. Or, the or United, out of Syria. Or out of Syria. There really isn't a solid reason because fortunate or unfortunate fact of, uh, of the world right now is um, – Military power projection, uh, and specifically American military power projection, is as good as you've got. Yeah, I just remember something else. Uh, Other reporting was that Trump had the interpreter's notes from his meeting with Putin torn up and destroyed. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. There's no reason to do that. There's no reason to do that. All the secret meetings with Putin, the meeting with only Putin's interpreter. Putin can speak English and understand English just fine. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> so his interpreter was just there to fucking take notes and to build a documentation on Trump. Oh, my God. Here's the thing, though. I I was thinking about it because people were talking treason, right? And I was like, I wish we still executed people for treason. But... um. <laughs> It wouldn't be satisfying to me. Would it? It would be more satisfying if he was like trapped in a super maximum security prison for the rest of his life. Mm. And, you know, maybe for a quarter you could see the video of him miserable in a box, unable to die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was dark. It was dark. Uh, so I I was thinking about Trump's motivations with this, right? Yeah. You think of like the level, like he's committed treason, obviously. Um but I don't think he went into it was like, oh, I'm going to sell out the country. You know, like I have a hard on for Russia. I love Russia. I'm going to sell out my home country. Yeah. To, you know, I think 
And the way that Russians corrupt you is that they get you into trouble and then they help you get out of trouble. Right. And then they slowly build that pattern of trapping you. And for my mom, she's like, oh, it's so fucking obvious. Of course, it's exactly what they did. They had him come to Russia. He went to Russia for some other reason. They sent girls up to his room, something like that, got video of that, or had him do something illegal. Maybe like, because he goes to Russia, right, in 1987. He comes back and gets really political out of nowhere for the first time and starts buying ads, starts talking shit about Russian talking points, right? And then at that same time, Russians start buying his properties and his buildings, right? And he starts laundering Russian money at that same time. And so he's been laundering, international money laundering for fucking decades, right? And the Russians are like, no, we'll cover it up for you. It's like, you know what you can do for us? If you run for president, we'll help you keep covering this up. And so I think he was so dead set on getting a Trump Tower in Russia, right? That he... I mean, he's obviously a, like a narcissist, completely compartmentalized the fact that he was selling out his home country to a foreign power. We've talked about this a lot. Yeah. That video of him the night he won the election and yeah. he's like slumped in a chair. Yeah. And he's just kind of like staring into, I think it's like a laptop screen or something <laughs> like that. That essentially tells him he's about to become president. Yeah. And he really, 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 really looks like someone who's like, I made a lot of really bad promises. Like, I made a huge mistake. It's not It's not the photo of someone who was like, it's not an image of someone who's like feels vindicated or looks like they had, they had a huge political beef and they finally got like their, it, it, it's one of the eeriest photos, images on election night that I've ever seen. Because, you know, McCain loses and he goes out and goes like, my friends, we've, we have yeah. to blah, blah, blah. You know, Mitt, Mitt Romney fired everyone the night. That, that was like the, because <laughs> I, I, I was on the campaign. We found out that a bunch of people were using like the campaign credit cards, like Uber from place to place. And they were suddenly stranded because everything got canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's yeah. a businessman. He's a businessman. Uh, he didn't need a transition team anymore, you know. Right. I'll, I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you that much. Cut the losses. Um, you know, you, you hear these stories. You see, you see what happens as people kind of lose and win and all that stuff. And um, it's the weirdest. It's literally the weirdest. I. Well, I think it's like he realized he won. He's like, I'm gonna have to follow through yeah. on all the shit that I promised Putin. Yeah, and you know, primarily that being of lifting of sanctions. Yeah, look. I think it's not a coincidence that a man who lots of people say that maybe either th there was a mix of things or Trump is truly some sort of genius or something like that or, or, or you know, the conditions we're looking for someone just so anti-establishment and Trump fit the bill. I really don't think that's it. I really think that his team behind him um, who, you know, Manafort is a pro-Russian guy. Like you don't have to say that he's a Russian agent to say that he had pro-Russian interests and one way or another, he found his way to the Trump campaign. Um, uh, 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 uh. Felix Sater. Yeah. Who you know? said literally after Trump was elected to some Russians, our guy got in. Yeah. Our guy is in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I like, 
Paul Manafort is really good at what he did at installing despots that are uh, pro-Russia. Yeah. He did his fucking job. And I think sometimes I'll talk to some of my relatives and they'll be like, Russia doesn't care about the sanctions. Like the sanctions aren't hurting Russia. Like that's not an incentive for them to do this. I was like, well, why does Russia want them sanctions lifted so damn bad? Right. They keep talking about adoptions and adoptions means the Magnitsky Act. The Magnitsky Act is a punishment for Russia for its human rights violations. Yep. And they hurt the richest people in Russia and they can't move their money around and they fucking hate it. And Putin gets his power from the oligarchs. He has them all on a leash, but it's a two-way leash because if they all turn against him, he loses all of his money and all of his power and he's fucking dead. Very dead. Very dead. So it's like he wants some sanctions lifted. And if he can't follow through, he's going to get very nervous. Yeah. Especially because he already has an unstable electorate. And so the best thing he can do right now is I think, I think unravel the Trump thing to destabilize the United States and then invade Belarus and test NATO. Some dark shit, man. Some dark shit. All right. Some dark shit. Let's see you get to the next segment. I have friends in Belarus. It's not cool. Well, I think that's what's going to happen. All right. We'll see. We will. Unbelievable. In Russian, there's a phrase called It's like, we'll live and see. But maybe we will live and then die. (laughs) Uh, All right. So our next segment is, is the government still shut down? Is that how we're doing that? Yeah. Okay. Ready? Is Is the the government government still shut shut down? down? (laughs) You have to answer the question. Uh, yes, it's still, it's shut, still down. shut down. Yeah. yeah. I, we are now in the longest government shutdown in history. Yeah. Today, a beautiful, hilarious thing happened. Mm-hmm. Trump and a bunch of Republicans were like, hey, let's sit down and talk about reopening the government. And Nancy Pelosi and Schumer were like, nah, we're good. That happened today. That was fun. Why did, Why were they? Because they were just going to bring up the wall again? Yeah. They were just like, look, like you walked out of a thing. Right. You offered us all Butterfingers and then. And our terms are no wall, period. Yeah. A. And the 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 real reason I think is, uh, I think Nate Silver had some like quick comment about this or something where he essentially said Trump is like losing a point and a half or a half a point or something for every day that the shutdown continues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, politics is a game of if you and I are haggling about something. There's sort of like a value to the thing that we're haggling, and that value is more or less fixed, right? Like, you know, if we're haggling over a car, we, we kind of know the blue book price of it. And maybe we're haggling over, like, I put on a sweet sound system or, you know, you you think the spare tire looks like fucked up or something. I you want know a I mean? cooler in my car that's built in. Yeah, a little cooler. For drinks. I want exhibit to pit my ride. <laughs> and I want, I want a dog in it. You want a, there's no dog in my car. I want a dog in my car. <laughs> I Put a dog in my car. <laughs> <laughs> These are my terms. By the way, if you ever see Karina, just bring her a dog and she will lose her shit. Whatever. Let me be my white girl that I am. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but in politics, the the blue book price of the car is changing constantly. And it changes because people get angry about stuff. And people feel as though they're not going to get reelected. And people feel as though uh, what they're doing is wrong. And in this situation, the Democrats have sort of figured out. There's this funny Onion article where it's like, 
Schumer is surprised he hasn't caved by now. That's true, right? Right. Like, I'm, Nancy's like got him on a fucking. Yeah, I think I think I think Nancy has sort of, um, you know, like uh, put the bridle on Schumer. Yeah, it's given him a little. I don't know what that phrase means, but like it's given him a little bit more spine. And I also think Schumer is looking. I think there are a couple things going on here. I think Schumer is looking at the 2020 map. And he's essentially like, okay, Rubio is toast. Martha McSally will likely not win in Arizona because the demographics are are shifting. Yeah. She lost by two and a half points, but the the, the president is unpopular mm-hmm. and the president's party is becoming more and more unpopular. And they're becoming specifically more and more unpopular on immigration in North Carolina. Uh, Carolina, Tom Tillis mm-hmm. is a good pickup because those have been narrow elections and the demographics there have changed because of research technology and then um, the uh, the tri the triangle mm-hmm. the the Raleigh Durham and, and whatever in um, Maine uh, it, it Collins looks, is out Collins looks like she's out uh, uh, Murkowski looks like. Uh, had a hell of a time getting in. Had a hell of a time getting in is also going to be out. That's going to be insane. Um, and you know, Ohio, Kansas, Iowa. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, Iowa. Joni, whatever her name is, Ernst. Ernst is 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 dead. Yeah. And and people who say, oh well, well, she won by a healthy margin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Iowa is the f- the first state to swing ten points. Yeah. It was the state that voted for Barack Obama overwhelmingly, and then it was the state that voted for Trump overwhelmingly. And in this political climate, when they're getting all like, you know, the, when when the state of Iowa has Beto fever and you're a Republican Senate candidate, you you should be running for the hills. But, you know, there's a little ray of hope, you know, for six years, Republicans haven't had control over half of the Senate seats from Alabama so they can... They can right. look forward to winning one one there. So I think Schumer is p- playing the long game. And he's saying, if I can sit through this and there's a lame duck session, Republicans don't get anything. They look really shitty this entire time. And they're doing a good job now of starting to say, hey, you know who's also to blame for this? Mitch McConnell, because he could open up the government at any moment. Here's the thing. This is what I think Mitch McConnell is doing. I think he's doing the Dune thing. What's the Dune thing? <laughs> Basically, very loosely. Let me tell you what I think Mitch McConnell is doing. That's just what the Dune thing is. Um, Mitch McConnell is holding a live grenade right now. Yeah. And if he uses it at the right time, it's going to be a raging success. And if he deviates by like a couple days, he's completely fucked. This is what I think he's doing. He just turned down another bill. The House tried to give them the reopening of the government bill. Again, they turned it down. Yep. So basically for everyone at home, like Mitch McConnell can open up the government because they passed the bill the House passed to open the government 100 to 0. So he could bring it to Trump, have Trump veto it, and then override the veto and we could have an open government tomorrow. Yeah, we already have a veto-proof uh, majority to reopen the government and a piece of legislation that does that. Right. Um, and not just for three weeks like Lindsey Graham wants. Right. Opens the government. Right. So, Mitch McConnell has a couple options, right? He can do that, and that makes Trump look bad. And then he could be primaried himself Mm -hmm. from the Trump wing, because they're all rabid about him. So he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to make Trump look bad. 
he is going to continue what he's doing. And the reason he's doing that is he wants to sink Trump's approval numbers to the point where the Republicans will look like the heroes. Oh, where does the hero part come in? Is that when the nation, he is creating an artificial crisis, right? Because there are huge economic repercussions for the shutdown. There are huge human repercussions for the shutdown. People are dying because they can't get access to insulin. He is going to push this as far as he logically can. And then when it looks like everything's about to implode, he's going to swoop in and reopen the government. And be like, look, the Republican Party did this. And he'll probably have the cabinet, 25th Amendment, Trump, and put Pence in, which is why both Pence and McConnell are silent in all the meetings. Do you think McConnell's trying to get Trump out? Yeah. Because that's what happened in Dune, is the evil dude makes the, um, like, worsens the situation. And so he can install his nephew, and then and the nephew will get all the credit for, like, bringing order to the new. That's an interesting theory. I think there, there are a couple... What other reason would we have to do this? I think there are a couple... Let's, uh, let, let, let's talk about what I think might be the pitfalls. And okay. these are things that I think you're acknowledging. But I kind of want to talk about them because I think they're interesting to talk about. Um, number one is he has to make sure that once the heat gets on him, he gets to ditch. Right? Like he needs to... Already the articles are coming out. The pieces, the think pieces are coming out about how Mitch McConnell could reopen the government tomorrow. He's just as much to blame as Trump. There's no reason for him to be Trump's lackey. This is corruption at its highest, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that's conservatives and liberals. So there are even conservatives who are like, you could be passing conservative, like conservative ideas, agenda pieces, but we're stuck on this border wall thing when we could be doing anything else. Hold on, I just remember something. Yeah. Um, Fox's Twitter, Fox News' Twitter has been silent for a couple months. Oh, yeah. And on the eve of that happened, the head of Fox brought Mitch McConnell in for a meeting. And if you'll recall, the reason that Trump d doubled down on the shutdown is because of what he saw on Fox News. And everyone started hammering him. Right. So that, that adds credence to my theory again. But this is a manufactured crisis by Mitch McConnell. And what are they going to do? The normal person, like the average American, doesn't understand who Mitch McConnell is. They don't know who he is. They know who Trump is. I, I think that the danger of that is if Mitch, if Mitch McConnell starts getting flack for it, starts getting heat for it, Senate Republicans start getting heat for it. Um, I think that there is like a brand level, even if people don't know who Mitch McConnell is, there's a brand level uh, dislike. And we saw that with the midterms. Uh, where uh, there was a huge sweep, even a non-presidential year, because people saw that their vote in Congress made a big difference. I think another part of it is even the, another danger for Mitch McConnell is in your scenario is if he does reopen the government, there will still be the cudgel in Democrats' hands that was like, you could have done that from the start, right? Um, right now... Because of how, in my opinion, how the Republicans are postured, they are they've built themselves to be humiliated, uh, and that be, that essentially starts with not checking Trump to begin with, and also sort of the long history of Democrats sort of caving to Republican demands. I think I, I want to say Mitch McConnell made a mistake. I don't think he made a mistake. 
I think Mitch McConnell overestimated, overplayed his hand and thought that he was going to be able to press the issue and be able to go like, look, I thought he was going to be, I, th- I, I honestly think he was able, he thought he would be able to sit down at the table and go like, look. Give the baby his bottle. Give him his five, his five, six billion dollars. Okay. And I'll cut you a deal on this, that, or the other thing. And we'll just let, let it go. And I don't think he expected Democrats to feel as empowered as they do in the House. And I don't think he expected Democrats to be to start being afraid of their left flank rather than their right flank. For the longest time, Democrats just were afraid of not being in the center enough. But you get your Ocasio-Cortez's show up, you get your O'Rourke's show up, and all of these fucking spineless politicians realize that their presidential hopes are being dashed by these young upstarts, and they start to build some spine. Here, Matt, I I want you to be right, right? Because your option is less dark than my option. Yeah. But what I think is going to happen is shit is going to get so painful that there's not going to be like a... You could have done this the whole time. It's just going to be a make it stop thing. And the one the one person with the ability in this country to make it stop is Mitch McConnell. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying he's holding a live grenade. Because if he pushes it too far, the Republicans in the Senate could turn against him vote for a new majority leader. I also think that McConnell is wrapped up in this Russia stuff. He took money from Russians. He's a oh, direct yeah. Russian donor. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, and so like maybe he, like there's a reason that both him and Pence are completely silent. Like, they're just trying to stay out of it as much as they can. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll add another complicating factor for you. Okay. And this is something I think adds to the possibility that Mitch McConnell was being, is, is being blindsided and didn't see this coming. I don't think he expected, just to piggyback off our last, last episode, I don't think he expected for Mitt Romney to be a vocal anti-Trump guy. I didn't I, I think that there is some juice to the theory that McConnell is concerned about losing his spot. And I think a Romney is a very powerful person who could possibly do that. He has a star power to do it. And out of this uh out of this Trump thing even if the Republicans maintain a majority or if they develop, a, even if they become minority, and we're talking about who the, who the leader of the minority is in the Senate in 2020, Romney gets to be the person who's like, I showed up and not only did I complain about Trump, I stayed elected, I stayed in power. And if it was up to me, I wouldn't make irresponsible business decisions like keeping the government shut down over, over a border wall, you know? The economy depends on this. The businesses depend on this. Farmers depend on loans, yada, yada, yada. I think Mitch at this point has sort of in a a double bind. One side of the bind is he passes legislation and humiliates Trump. So he looks, it looks like the Republicans can't govern. It looks like they, they, they caved. Um, so that he looks weak. He looks like he's he's failed in some capacity. The other side of it is he sits in the shutdown. And in the shutdown, he has his most silver lining, which is the Democrats finally cave. But I think 
and this is the this is the darkest I think timeline is there is no real reason for him to ever open up the government. It's true. They don't believe in the government. Here's the thing, though. When there's no more air traffic control, they'll open up the government. <laughs> oh, yeah. There are, already there's like there was this piece, I think, in the Washington Post or something that was just like the TSA should start striking. It's so you can't strike if you're a government employee. Yeah. It's well, illegal. Well, after the air traffic controller strike. Thank you, Reagan. Thank you, Reagan. Yeah. Um, this is why you should like government employee strike. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I well, when when uh, TSA and air traffic control don't show up anymore for the jobs, so the government will reopen. Yeah. Because then the people can't get home. I'm gonna add one more layer. Yeah. To the shit cake. You can say Mitch McConnell is a bad man, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons is he's really in a bind. He really can't. He would be the very first Senate majority leader in modern American history that has humiliated a Republican president like this on his key uh, presidential promise in the middle of a high stakes, highly divided political environment where he had just lost a midterm. Like if 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 they're devastating political blows out there, that's like a, a major one. Trump promised a concrete wall and steel slats. He promised that Mexico would pay for it, and it, and he and it and it didn't. He he promised to have a, a repeal and replace, and he didn't. He, pro- I mean, the promises and 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 um, you know, he says John Matt. He st- he stands by John Mattis. He thinks he's a great guy. Then he fires him and says he's he, he was garbage to begin with, and Obama fired him too. Trump could tomorrow. Just say, I got my wall and barter on border security and peace out. And his base would never punish him for it. No, they wouldn't even notice. They wouldn't even notice. I didn't read the full article, but someone someone sent me a piece that said uh, Trump had to deal with chance of lock him up at a like a farmer's association oh, meeting or something. Yeah, it was, the the part that I read essentially had like a bunch of people who were like, he still has a lot of support amongst the farmers. And there were a couple of people who were like, yeah, this sucks because like my life, my life is shitty now and I don't have any money. But, like, you know, I guess he's trying to make the world safer. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, all right. We have the next segment, which is a new quadrant of the Hieronymus Bosch hellscape. Yeah. That is our current reality. Every week I look up the Hieronymus Bosch hellscape. Yeah. Uh, and they're all fantastic. They're all, they're all good. Um, this addition yeah. to the hellscape is President Trump uh, presiding over mountains of fast food in the White House uh, because he was supposed to welcome the Clemson Tigers, National College football champions, to the White House. And because the government is shut down, he fed them Wendy's and McDonald's. Yeah, and some pizzas. And, and some pizzas. Yeah. And it's just this photo of him, like, with stacks of, like, cardboard, like, congealed fast food and him, like, so proud of his empire of shit. And apparently he paid for all of it. And it was, like... He was so proud that he paid for fast food. It's just, like, why couldn't you... These poor kids, like, get to go to the White House. They've done this huge accomplishment. Most of them don't want to go to the White... Like, to be honest, right? Like, how many of them really are, like... 
How many people in the Clemson Tigers? All the white dudes. I don't even think all the white dudes. Yeah? I don't even think all the white dudes. No? No. You know, I, I'm i a big... I believe in the soft American history X thing. Yeah. It's like a racist person meets some black people, you know, sees the kindness of a person of color oh and God. becomes less racist. That's as like a your result. whole technique for de-racisting people. <laughs> just convincing them that you're okay. No, Slowly. You have to, right? I don't know. I mean, my, my, my <sighs> I think that some of the emotional labor of being a person of color or someone who is not in a ideal uh, socioeconomic place is you unfortunately have to like coddle the feelings of the more powerful. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like how women are constantly backing down so the men don't murder us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, this is horrendous on multiple levels, not because it's like classist and racist when he says like, Oh, but it's probably their favorite food. No Trump. It's your favorite food. Okay. Secondly, they weren't even on warming trays. They were on steel. They just plopped them down. Yeah. Yeah. There was some tweet. It was like some guy was like, I am from the ghetto and this is the most ghetto shit I've ever seen. <laughs> like, fast food on like, like silver trays. I mean, that's... And it was, like, all cold. Like, and they had French fries. And, like, in, the, like, the White House gravy boats, like, the presidential steel, and there's, like, sauce packets. And you know the president can't eat any of that stuff, right? Why? So, like, the president's food is, like, generally, like, very well taken care of to make sure the president doesn't get, like, poisoned or killed, which is why there's a White House... Chef. But all Trump eats is like Big Macs. I mean, I don't know what kind of lengths they go to make sure that that food is like safe. Yeah. But if you notice the video of him where he like presents all the food, he walks directly out, which probably took all the willpower he's ever had in his entire life. Right. But yeah, yeah, they're they're. I mean, from what I understand, from what I understand, they're very sensitive about what the president eats and where it comes from and who handled the food that goes into the president's mouth. Oh my god. I don't know. It's really it really belongs in the hellscape. It does. You know? It's like so absurd and like dystopian and like twisted and dark and also like hilarious and the fact that he was so proud is hilarious. It kills me. Oh my god. That he was like I bought this myself and I figured it was food that they liked and you're like what? Just spend the like four thousand, two thousand dollars, whatever, on like just pay the White House chef to like make these kids like a nice meal or something. Oh my god! Anyway, what's it called? There's a, there's a. I think Seth Meyers joke that I absolutely loved. Uh, the like, oh, players of the Clemson Tigers were excited today to be able to see the house where Barack Obama used to live, <laughs> <laughs> which is like one hundred ten percent. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I loved throughout the day was like there was uh, one meme and I don't know if they were made in this order. I just yeah. experienced them in this order. Sure. Where someone had like photoshopped Trump to look like Ronald McDonald. Oh, yeah. And or then, the Hamburglar. And then the next was the Hamburglar. And then there was yet another one where it was like it put them side by side and it said something to the effect of like. Uh, little do you know the Burger King is pulling the strings behind this all or something <laughs> like that. And it's like. Oh, my God. Where are we? We live in a dimension where 
We openly joke about the president's fast food addiction and his compromised loyalty to our country. <laughs> yeah. What a hilarious, like, we've gotten to the point where PP tape isn't funny enough for us. No, it wasn't hard. We need harder stuff. We need harder stuff. Yeah. This presidency is like porn. You know, eventually. You get into some dark shit. You get into some stuff. Start with some, like, lesbian masturbation. Yeah. Then you end with, like, incest horse fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move into our last segment. <laughs> incest horse fucking. Well, <laughs> that, while, that, while a man, while a burly man in the corner instructs you on how to hurt yourself. And then there's a tiny man in a box, and he just sits and listens. I am so hard right okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> this is my kink. Um, all right, let's move into our last segment, which is... Irresponsible speculation. All right, so uh, we're just kind of guessing when the Mueller report is going to come out. Uh, what we failed to mention in the first segment is that that FBI investigation into Trump specifically oh, yeah. all got snowballed and wrapped up into the Mueller investigation. Yeah. So it's going to be like collusion and obstruction of justice in one big ice cream sandwich of a report, we think. What do you think the report's going to say, Karina? He's a fucking Russian agent. Is what he's gonna say. <laughs> he walks like a duck. He walks like a duck. He talks like a fuck. He is a fuck. <laughs> exactly. He's a fuck with wings. Yeah. So some of the rumors are that like it's gonna come out at the end of February. I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you <laughs> one thing. Why the irresponsible speculation is started yawning? Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the most intense of the. No, I, I was reaching for a joke. It's like, yeah, I guess. hey, uh, you want to hear another joke? No. You hear a joke? No. Just tell the fucking joke. I want to eat my chickpeas. How soon do you think the Mueller report's going to come out? Not soon enough. And that's not a joke. It's a story about the sorry and sad state of American democracy. Are you having days. a stroke right now? Yes, please save me. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Uh, some more, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably make another segment. I mean, unless you have more about the Mueller report you want to say. No. Karina wants her chickpeas really bad. Oh, my chickpeas really bad. <laughs> I want to start an office pool, but when the Mueller report comes out, when the government shutdown ends. <laughs> Wait. Okay. We should play for hot This pot. This is going to be a next level conspiracy theory. Okay, go. So let's take your idea that Mitch McConnell is holding uh, the grenade. Uh-huh. What if that's 100% right? But the timing is actually this. McConnell knows that as soon as the report comes out, Trump loses 100% of his credibility. Mm. And then he has the excuse to go like, look, if, the pre- if we don't have a president that's in charge, we just need to open up the government and like start salving the wound of like whatever this is, whatever crazy shit is going on. But we don't have a president that like is in command. There's too much, there's too much like tumultuousness, blah, blah, blah. This is no time for, you know, this stuff to continue. Like we have bigger fish to fry. No, they just, the Mueller report comes out and they 25th Amendment him. Right. That's it. Right. And then he doesn't even need to go up. Is that what you originally said? Yes. Oh, then I'm an idiot. Yeah. I think that's. Fuck, that's dark. Yeah, that's on brand for Mitch McConnell. There was some, uh, there's an essay in the New York Times Review of Books from this like Third Reich historian 
and then like he like kind of goes to similar to the Third Reich in America today, and um, he goes like Mitch McConnell is the grave digger of American democracy. Oh yeah, I still think that there's there's a little bit of a timing issue. Mitch McConnell better hope that report shows up fast and is devastating. And he already has some Republican senators ready to move with him. And they better be from like swing states. I mean, he has to be running a tight ship. He has to be running a, a super he tight He runs ship. a fucking tight ship. Because he has everyone's like infidelity, secret children, like six nipple locations, like all that shit, all in the document somewhere. He has all the dirt on everyone. Yeah. You don't end up being a Republican in elected office without some fucking darkness. Mitt Romney drove around with a car on, uh, with a dog on the roof of his car. <laughs> which, which I, I can only imagine how much that broke you. Horrible. <laughs> All right, you know what? Yeah. I are you now realizing that maybe old Karini might be onto something? I always think you're onto something. Okay, good. I'm always. I think the only thing that I really do is like. Add some twists and turns that yeah. I think are possible. I, th- I I still stand by one possible twist and or turn. Uh-huh. And that is if... Zig and or zoom. Zig, <laughs> zig and or zoom. Bing and or Ball. blast. <laughs> <laughs> um, is if the Mueller report comes out after the tide, the public opinion tide starts hitting McConnell yeah. real bad. Or it starts hitting Senate Republicans real bad. And it's starting to happen. It's starting to happen. And I think even if Mueller waits like a couple weeks, uh, he could start, I mean, Mueller could inadvertently start doing real, I mean, 2020 lasting kind of damage. I mean, of course, the economy might tank in that that place. Like, Mueller, if you're one of our biggest fans, don't, don't do this. But also at the same time, like, we essentially have recession brinkmanship like government efficacy brinkmanship from the republicans yeah i mean that's why i say he's holding a grenade not a sniper rifle yeah so we'll see yeah but for now i'm Karina Celine, and i'm mad at betty and this is we're just just here here to help. help